Hey yo, we about to tear it up. It's the Breakouters podcast where we break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South. This week, we have a bonus episode. Both me and Chris have been on our respective duties, and uh, we want to apologize to everyone for the inconvenience. And we promise, we promise, we'll get back to regular scheduled programming very, very soon. And to be honest, as Chris isn't here, even though you'll hear this, it's easy just to blame him because it's easy to blame people when they're not there. So there you go. It's his fault. But nah, all jokes aside, we both want to get back to regular interviews, regular episodes and scaring the competition as we always do. Uh, but this week is um, a special episode. I did a radio show on uh, on HFM down in London with my guy, uh, Kishmeister, DJ Kishmeister. He's one of the beacon bearers of underground hip hop. And he's a really good guy. I've known him for a long time. And it was an honor, an absolute privilege and honor to be on his show at HFM. Uh, he's a really good DJ. And as I said to him, it, during the interview and after the interview, people like him, the foundation, they're very necessary for the culture. And as you'll hear, we go into depth. I talk a lot, too much probably, on a number of things, namely my history, the blog era, breaking atoms, and there's a little fun sound clash with stories behind it. So this is Breaking Atoms on HFM. Check it out. Kishmeister in the house with another Beats Theory set live and direct this Sunday afternoon, Sunday the 10th of September. How y'all doing? And big love to freelance scientists as well. Uh, already locking in. So today, got another special feature. I want to thank my guests for coming through all the way from I should say uh, Midland, Midland, Midland County. I should say. Um, another interview. Big up to Summit, aka Hip Hop Chronicle, for blessing us with an interview on the show. How you doing? I'm good. Look, thank you first of all to having me on the show. Um, this is, you know, a legendary station. I've known you for a long, long time, and I'm very proud of you. And you're a staple of the culture. And it was only right that I blessed the studio today, live and direct. And I'm looking forward to the show. Thank you very much, Summit. I, I need. I want to call you Hit Mr. Hip Hop Chronicle, actually, but I'll probably refer to you as Summit. Yeah, yeah. Summit's Summit, <laughs> good. Summit's good. Summit's good. So, um, for the benefit of the listeners, right? Tell us a bit about yourself and your legacy. Okay, okay. So, um, Summit, born and raised in West London. Uh, I am a journalist, a former journalist within the hip hop sphere. I had a blog called Hip Hop Chronicle, which I kind of plied my trade at. Um, interviewed the likes of Kanye, Rick Ross, um, Premier, uh, Pete Rock, 
the who's who, AZ, you know, any anyone and everyone uh, within the hip hop culture. Um, I kind of interviewed Ice Cube and uh, I kind of just moved on from there. And then from there on, I, you know, went into the kind of the corporate world and, you know, you know, try to, I guess, apply my trade and see if I could do it again and again and again through, you know, just from blogging to, to kind of do it in the corporate world. And now I'm in podcasting, uh, audio production. We have Breaking Atoms. I do with my with my man, Kinetic. Um, his government name is Chris Mitchell. And, you know, we have a hip-hop podcast where we interview, again, the who's who of, of the culture from managers to people from FUBU to, to up-and-coming artists. Uh, we've, you know, produced a couple of critically acclaimed, I would say, not I would say, but other people have said, uh, music documentaries, both on, on Jay-Z's albums, Reasonable Doubt, celebrating the 25th year, and The Blueprint celebrating uh, 20 years, and got us in Forbes and Independent and Guardian I'm living, you know, I'm, I'm here on HFM. Life could be different and I'm blessed and I'm grateful to be here. A natural born hustler. Yes, <laughs> yes, as, as, as you need to be in, in, in hip-hop. So, so much there to unpick. Let me ask you a bit about, and this is when I first came across yourself, your days as Hip Hop Chronicle, yeah. 10, 15 years back, and what an amazing journey it has been for you through that platform. Tell us a bit about how it started and what what motivated you. What was the concept behind Hip Hop Chronicle back in the day? Yeah, I guess the idea was to f- create a platform that where I could kind of document the culture through my perspective, right? And at the time, I'd come out of university. I couldn't get a internship, couldn't get a job. I, w- I went to the BBC. I said, "Let me make as many coffees as you want. Just give me an opportunity. Let me show you what I got." And I kept getting no's and no's. I didn't know what anyone in the industry. And I used to read a lot of rap blogs, you know, Nah Right, Real Talk NY, all, all the classic ones from back in the day, message boards, etc. Um, and I wanted to go, hey man, like, what do I do here? And I was going to write for a blog I was reading, Real Talk NY. And then one day my brother said to me, he said, why don't you just do it yourself? I said, I don't know how. He said, figure it out. So I just kind of created a website. At the time it was called Conlize Minds, which is a nod to France Fanon, uh, Black Skin, White Mask, the book and how we colonize our minds and we have to free ourselves etc etc so it went that deep and and then i kind of created into hip-hop chronicle and then it just spiraled from there i think one of my first interviews with ice cube and it was almost press conferency thing with live nation i asked him a question about upcoming legends at the time and it kind of went viral in 2008 that's viral in 2008 was that uh 50 cent um, in terms of Ice Cube talk. Absolutely And yeah. then 50 on his own accord Talked about it And then all of a sudden There was this kid From London Who just had this interview And then I just It just built from there And there and there And I just made I made sure I was outside At all the events If it was EO Dub If it was Ice Cube If it was Wu-Tang If it was Open Mic Wherever it was I had to be there To document And then I found my My niche or niche And it just It kind of snowballed From there and there And and, and I, I was able to provide a platform, you know, 400,000 people a month on my website, you know, and then I was doing YouTube videos where I was filming for Drake's first concert and J. Cole's first concert and Kendrick Lamar. And I was invited by them to come and, you know, label to go, can you go and just film and do your thing? I'm like, yeah, sure. So the, you know, my, my thing was I would interview people who'd come to England. Um, so if it was Wiz Khalifa, whoever it would be at the time, but then I'd go to these shows, film 30 minutes of the show but by the time I got home you'd have something 10 minutes up on on the website and then it would go viral and I found a way to kind of hustle through that and made money and this was YouTube money back in 08, 09, 010 
and then I then started to make my way over to the states, which was helpful for me. I built a lot of relationships there um, that, that I have to this day. A lot of my idols or people I looked up to are now my friends, and that was purely out of sheer hard work. I don't take it for granted whatsoever, and I'm blessed to be where I am. It's not anything but hey man I'm, I'm here to serve the culture and that's what it was and that also at the time going back to why I started it it was around the time where I remember distinctly a broadcaster uh, a satellite broadcaster was really depicting rap music as this violent entity as they always do they've always done it with punk and all those things and I was like no that's not what it's about and I wanted to put my stamp on it and I wanted to essentially just contribute to the same way numbers has contributed 279 to the way you're contributing to the way hfm has contributed to the way shorty blitz has contributed and mk that's what i wanted to leave and wanted to do and and, and that's that was always my intention so you are such an ambitious person <laughs> and um, how how and that has come through especially for your work ethic when you did all of that stuff 10 15 years ago and I also have to say, you you exploited the opportunity right there and then because it's funny to say how, like, 15 years ago when you started on your journey, the internet was a very different place. YouTube hardly only came through. And the, pop, the, the population of, like, mass content, it, wasn't a, it was much more difficult. Much more difficult to do, much more difficult to do in terms of the editing, the uploading and all of that stuff. And you exploited that. You put in so much hustle and... What, like, like what you said, you got like a, you ended up becoming one of the major portals uh, representing all of hip hop, say from a UK perspective. Absolutely, you know? and and it was a blessing because I've met so many people along the journey, like yourself and other people, who who come to me and said, "Hey, you know, I was gassed to be on your platform." It's like that warms my. I don't. I I wasn't doing it for fame or anything. I always used to be behind the camera. I did some stuff in front of the camera, but I wanted to remain off because it wasn't about me. It was about the culture. It was about the DJ, the graffiti artist, the breakdancer. It was about the elements of rap and hip hop culture being at the forefront. And that was the, that was the best thing about it. Like I've made some great friends and I'm doing Breaking Atoms with a friend of mine who I just posted on the website because you know what? I listened to his music and I liked it. And that was the thing. I just get submissions all the time and I would listen to it I go oh I like that and I'd be like okay put it I didn't know him from scratch it was just it was just like I like the music and you know Kinetic or as I know him as Chris but Kinetic is an incredible he's an incredible rapper um, who you know from the, from from the UK should be heralded, heralded rather as, as one of the greats as he should you never know my, I may have a Kinetic track to play later on in the show oh yes please <laughs> if, I, if we can let's please do that because that's my guy <laughs> so out of all of the people that you have interviewed over the years on Hip Hop Chronicle, I'm, I, it's two questions. Like, who is your most pop? Who's the most? What's the most popular video? But the first question I want you to ask you is, who did you enjoy the most? Oh, that's a good question. All right, so the most popular one is the Ice Cube Fifty Cent thing, and mainly the Fifty Cent response is the most popular one uh, in terms of video views. I think in terms of the, there's a few that I enjoyed just as a fan. Like speaking to AZ was like oh my lord that, that was as a fan I was like <gasps> you know speaking to Primo was like you know, you you are the definition of rap music to me you are when I think of hip hop I think of Primo I think of Primo scratches that's that's the, you know it's distinctive I think the most imp- I would I would kind of flip it and go the most important one for me was my interview with Elliot Wilson who um, wow. was editor of The Source magazine Double XL uh, I went on to create Rap Radar and the reason why is because I was able to interview him 
because I was hustling in, in New York. He didn't know me from nobody. I was just this kid who was just, look, I want to interview you. And I, wasn't, I was a dog with the boy. I'm not letting it go. And I interviewed him. And it was the first time when I interviewed him that I was like, I don't need a pen and paper anymore. I can interview. Because I used to write everything down from the ums and ahs to the pacing, everything down because I wasn't confident. But that interview taught me like, hey, I can do this. And it was someone I, you know, I grew up with, and that's now my friend, and he's helped me out tremendously. He's now at Tidal as, as head of content. But that's the most important one because it taught me that I could do this. And a year later, when I saw him, he was like, out of all the interviews I did promoting Rap Radar, and he did a lot, he goes, yours was my favorite because you took me on a journey. And that was my aim. My aim was to take him from, from his humble beginnings right through to where he was. Because I, I think with interviews and talking to people you can really get a story out of it and that's why doing breaking atoms now is so good i've learned so much that i can now transfer those skills into audio production to go interviews are about a story interviews about learning something new if i can take away something new i've won and i think that's why i'd say elliot wilson but like kanye when i interviewed kanye that took him right like that travel with him around the world like it was a eight weights and heartbreak the listening session and he he said something verbatim was I asked him a question he went long winded like I'm being right now and he said at the end uh, Rihanna was the best thing to happen to Beyonce and I wrote that quote that because we didn't have pens and pads you had to you know remember it and I wrote whatever, everything else he said but that quote went viral and that I saw press conferences in New Zealand like it was in the paper that, you know that's I would say for me that would be the most popular because I was like yo and he doesn't even know that that drama was caused by some guy from Southall. So, you know. Well, congratulate. Really well done. And I want to speak more about your legacy of Hip Hop Chronicle in a moment. Let's get into another tune. So this is uh, Kishmeister with Hip Hop Chronicle, Summit, live and direct on Fan this Sunday afternoon. Just feel it One more time This is for fucking Gerald right here Yo, y'all can't do it like Tay do it I can't stop, won't stop Like a Ford Explorer without the brake fluid Spinning out on five stones with the shake to it Leaving all the passengers with scrape bruises My rap style niggas take to it Me and Bruce sick of eating noodles This year we finna add a steak to it And while out with our hands in the air now It's not just funny niggas giving us a stare down And get up on these fly chicks with their hair down Looking like the sweetest candy apples at the fairgrounds And it's just the way we do this so if you wanna hear some new shit, what you got to do, you got is, to do is get up, come on, and get up, come on, and get up. Uh, this is the get up. What you waiting on? Get up. Get up. See, get up. What you waiting on? Get up. Come on. This is the get up. Tell my ladies and get up. And my girls and get up. And my ladies and get up. Come on. This is the get up. 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 Get up.
on and on and etc. Making sure the competition never get ahead of us. And, and it's so ill the way we do this. So if you waiting for some new shit, what you got to what do? What you got is. to do is get up, come on, get up, come on, get up. Uh, this is the get up. What you waiting on? Get up. Get up. What you waiting on? Get up. This is the get up. Get up. This is the get up. Get up. Get up. Label. 
so much to do and I just haven't got the energy. You see, writing bars helps me mentally because the word rap is in therapy. If you get it, you get it, you're on my wavelength. Bitches ain't money and that's why I never save them. It ain't a thing, I swear it ain't a thing. I'm just doing mine, everybody do your thing. Yeah, just let it breathe. Yeah, just let it breathe. Oh, just let it breathe. I ain't even crippin', but I'm throwing up a seat. Yeah, just let it breathe. Yeah, just let it breathe. Ah, uh, just let it breathe. I ain't even crippin', but I'm throwing up a seat. Big up to everybody locking in. This is Kish Meister on HFM with a Beats Theory set. Interviewing my special guest, Sumit, aka Hip Hop Chronicle. So, um, I played a chip track, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, I've got a list of uh, videos from your Hip Hop Chronicle uh, days that I wanted to ask you about. Okay. Or ask you to speak on. Sure. One of them is your chip interviews that you've did. Two of them. Yeah. Two of them. And... One of the really good things about the videos that you did was you actually made him open up and talk honestly about his good good parts and his demons as well. Um, especially as like social media was like an emerging thing for lots of people to handle, and we had our good and our bad parts in terms of adverse reactions. And you really opened him up onto that, say ten, fifteen years ago. Mm. Those are really brilliant interviews. You know, tell us a bit about that with Chip. I think. Um you first you did your research like what this is beautiful this is beautiful like you're taking me back and i think chip is chip is an incredible artist uh and rapper first off always 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 been a fan of his um and i think that interview there were two interviews i did one was when we were doing def jam rap star uh, and there was one before and i think the one where we did def jam rap star was the second one and i think it allowed us to build a rapport and I always go into the interviews and every interview going what do I want to learn about said artist and so knowing the source material knowing him knowing his music I kind of wanted to take it in a different direction because I was very intentional going to a lot of these interviews including this one to kind of go he's going to get asked the same thing over and over again with what the label want what do I want to get out of this what do I think people want to learn from it and I wanted to always create videos and uh, not all my interviews did this because I was trash and still am but I think with with Chip I really wanted to get underneath who he was where he was in his life he started out very early you know in, in some ways you liken him to um, like a, a person who's come out as a young kid came out 15, 16 year, years old smashed that freestyle and just you know at that age I'm, I remember what I was doing at that age and he's in some stardom and you know, making hit records and it's tough. How do you deal with that? And you see that at social media and it still is to this day, sometimes it brings out the dark side in you. And, you know, how do you deal with that? And I wanted to leave that as a tool and, and almost like educational for people going forward. And I think that was important. I think Chip was receptive to that. He could have easily said, I don't want to talk about that, change the subject, don't want to talk about that. But I felt like he knew why where I was coming from. It was coming from an authentic place and I wanted to present authentic 
vision of who he was and so yeah that, that i think that was a really good interview in terms of like what i wanted to achieve from that and he's always been solid i haven't seen him for many years but like i amrud on tv is a very powerful platform in, in 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 the uk it's a very very good platform and does the same sort of thing of going introspective and telling stories i put them two in a room to do an interview it was my interview and I said, no, 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 you're doing this, Amaru. And that burgeoned off a great relationship. And it's because I didn't do things just because I wanted to be, you know, the cool guy. I wanted to put two things together like an A&R. And I approached the interviews in the same way. You played rap star with uh, Chip, right? Yeah. Now, do you actually uh, spit bars? Have you been an MC in the past? No, never, ever, ever. I did a blogger diss. Well, I was, that's exactly what I was going to ask you. You actually challenged people to a blog, a blog rapathon. Yeah, and uh, one, person, uh, one person replied and all they really did was like put me in, un, in fake uncompromising positions. Like, you know, like dirty positions. Like, oh, yo, you know, the, the same that kind of like, oh, like schoolyard stuff. Never knew who did it. But someone did. I kind of had an inkling, but I'm not going to say nothing. That's a different story. But I did blog editions, but they were ghostwritten. Right, they were ghostwritten. They weren't. I didn't write those bars. I just went to the studio. So I went. To oh my god! So you actually confessed that those are ghostwritten? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it's been a long time. I got those. Are, those are ghostwritten. They were written by Kinetic. Um, I had him ghostwrite them for me because I was like, who's, who do I know that could do that? I just changed the cadence slightly. So the bars are pretty much his, but because his flow is tighter, he's got a Talib Kweli esque flow. He's in a pocket. And I couldn't do that because I'm I'm not an artist. So I went to a good friend of mine, Shizio. He had a studio. I went to his studio and recorded there. He looked at me like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just having fun. He's like, are you trying to be a rapper? I was like, no, I'm just having fun. I just wanted to have fun, poke fun, because I knew in my head I was, I was leaving the blog game around. I just wanted to cause some problems because I'm brown and I can kind of do that sometimes. I could just cause and stir trouble. Who's going to say anything to me? Like, I'm just, I'm harmless. So I did two blog disses waiting to someone. And what was interesting was I did these videos. So I did these blog videos. <laughs> oh, dear. What was I thinking? Two blog disses. Um, and I managed to convince Labyrinth. And I managed to convince Rita Ora, signed to Rock Nation at the time, to be part of the video. Well, that's pretty dope. The second one I didn't. The second one, the second blog disc that I was gonna film, this I don't think not many people know this. Maybe I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I don't think I've spoken about this publicly. There were two people I had in mind. One I recorded with, but I've lost the footage. And not me. I lost it. My cameraman, Mac Miller, rest in peace, was gonna be in the second video. Oh my word, that's incredible. And he was just oh gonna my. rap along, like you know, just be yeah. a hype man. And Jay Electronica. So I had those two to be in the, the quote unquote video. I deleted the blogger disc video, the first one with Rita Ora and Labyrinth, off the internet by accident, and I don't know where it is now. So it's, it's gone. But yeah, that that and it was just to have fun. Like it was just to like I just wanted to. Everyone was being too clicky clicky, and everyone was trying to like outdo each other. And I was just like, Yo, do you understand why we do this? We do this because of the culture. We don't do this because of our ego. We do this because of the culture we serve. And I felt like, no, I wanted to test the waters and see who was really about about it, as Master P would say. So, and uh, let's talk about blogging. You, uh, you you actually mentioned message boards earlier on. Now, isn't it funny, like how things have changed in terms of the way people get their news and their content now? 
10, 15 years ago, it was all about message boards, which I actively contributed to. Blogging and then came through. Uh, YouTube as well. And it's amazing. And MySpace was there as well back in the day. And it's amazing to think that uh, that was the main portal for people to consume content and their news back then. And blogging was a really big thing. I got involved in blogging a bit as well. Uh, helped out with Love Soul and did a bit for did quite a bit actually for Be Somebody and then Nick Squared as well afterwards too. Um, what an amazing time that was that time late noughties, early tens I should say in terms of like blogging where there was quite a thriving culture of people. It was the wild wild west. Anyone can get on it. It was fun. It was fun and. I'm really blessed because I made friends out of that that are still my friends today. Like, it was good to be part... It was like... It's like that future thing. What a time to be alive. Like, it was amazing. Like, you could just roll up to artists, just interview them right there on the street. No matter what it was, what time. Let's just do an interview. Okay, sure. Where's it going? On a blog. Okay, cool. They understood where it was going. They understood the medium and you could just do it. And labels got involved and you could get access to artists that you never could before. And now it was... It wasn't about... You know, having a dictaphone and doing a write-up now. Now you could see Chuck D. Now you could see Pete Rock. Now you could see a more technique. Now you could see Loki or Carla and, and hear them speak. And that was the transition phase from that to streaming. You know, the blogs became A and R's to a point, tastemakers, for want of a better word. And then now it became to streaming. And now, you know, we've got the DSP. So. And then what happened? Like, why is it's funny? I can't really pinpoint the moment, but it's like. There was a point where, like, everyone kind of stopped blogging, you know? You still have blogs now, but it was never never as major a critical mass then as it was now. Uh, back now, as it was back then, I should say. Like, for some, somehow, like, people kind of lost their love for blogging. It was, they're investing so much time, usually for free, um, for little gain, as it were. I, I, think there, I think there's probably a couple of things, in my opinion, that, that kind of contribute to that. I think one, uh, corporate started to get involved in that so blogs start to become part of wider networks um and then also i think just at that time right and i would say around 2013 2014 is when it started to really die down i left in 2012 because i kind of saw hey this ain't gonna get me a mortgage son like i'm trying to do things with my life so yeah. i wanted to kind yeah. of go i want to do something different yeah. right um but for the state side and and, and here it kind of died down a couple of years later and i and i think one is corporate but also i think the medium changed you know, then you start seeing streaming platforms come up. SoundCloud started to arrive at that point. So at that point, now people thought I could get, I can get access to music without you, and I can go to a different direction. I want to be, I want to be the tastemaker. I want to be the online A and R. I want to be the sensation. And a lot of those people that did blogging graduated. They they thought, look, I'm I'm going to be, I'm going to work at a label now. I'm going to work at a TV station. Everyone graduated. And I think it just it just organically shifted. And I'm going to ask you a bit about your, your thoughts of hip-hop now, 50 years of hip-hop. But I'm going to ask you, um, do you think if you were coming through as of now, with the way that people consume out of content is very much changed, it's much more about quick burst of uh, music or, or, or information being fired at you, um, the way uh, music is kind of like more shorter these days, TikTok clips as well. Even say people don't have that much time to invest in, say, watching long-term YouTube clips, say, like, the length that you did back then. Yeah. Do you reckon, like, a, a version of yourself uh, would have been able to have uh, adapted to today's environment? I think yes, and I think, I think someone younger 
than me, better than me, they're doing it already. And I think that's important. I think I could adapt, but I don't think I could do it as better as this generation. The most important thing is to, to adapt. That's how we, we kind of survive as a, as a human race, right? We adapt. I think I could have adapted, but I'm going to give it to the, to the younguns because they, they know it better than I would. I would have to study more, but I would definitely adapt. I think just the way in which we're consuming everything as a society has changed. So rap music, music, art, culture is transitioning the same way. So back in the day, in the 90s, when we used to go pick up records from stores and, and go to our price and HMV for imports, artists would be on, on promo runs for a year or two because that's how they consume music. And then it would change into 12-month run. Then it changed into six-month run. And then people promoting a single or, or an album would be a three-month run. Now it's a one-week run just because of the platforms we have and the disposable nature of this of of society in general we binge watch everything and we forget about it, what's next and i think that's it's the same thing with music everything is gonna everything's being swallowed up by that kind of that kind of thought process um so you'll hear a great album and next week you'll forget about it you know the grammys had a, a kind of 50th year anniversary big moment next week it was forgotten about you know, Nas put on a, a mass appeal at Yankee Stadium. Amazing. Next week, forgotten about. And and so, I don't think we can change that. I think you. I think what the beautiful thing about this time and this age is individuality. You can do what you want to do for your audience. So Helter Skelter, or um, Smith and Wesson, or um, uh, the firm can exist in this age for their audience, right? But equally, iSpice can exist in this space for that audience. So there's people like us that want, you know, I, I listen to Sardines, which is Planet Asia and Apollo Brown. That's for me, right? That's not for the 14-year-old kid who wants drill music. So there's something to exist for everybody now. And that's the beautiful thing of what we've got. And they're just finding the platforms to, to thrive and exist. So, wow, you reference Sardines. Yeah, it's on my to-do list to check out. It's an amazing album. It's a, it's a brilliant album. This is like, the beautiful thing about what's happening now, despite the fact that, you know, as older generation, as an older generation, we're going to look down what the young kids are doing now. It's inevitable. They, we did it. We, we had it. It's, it's I, I always, absolutely. I always try to avoid that, you know. We should not... And it's the same with that. When we were growing up in the 90s, or maybe yourself in the noughties, I don't know how old you are... Um, <laughs> It's more the fact that our parents always, you know, to a certain degree, sneered down at, down at us, you know, for the music that we were doing, particularly with hip-hop. And I never want to be in that situation where we're looking down on the younger generation. It's just they have their own, you know, diff- music identity. You yeah, know? absolutely. I mean, look, listeners of HFM will know. NWA, parents didn't want us to listen to that. They didn't want, to, want they wanted us to listen to NWA. Hell no. So it, it happens. There's, there's a thing where every so often you will find a generation goes, nah, you can't be doing that, you can't be doing that. This is it. Let them find their feet. But the beautiful thing is like someone like Sky Zoo can exist. Yeah. Someone like Kinetic can exist. Someone like the Fly Hooligan can exist in this in in this day and age more so than back then when it was harder. The accessibility to things, to technology, to, to, to submitting, you know, to playlists now. Things like that, it's so much more easier. It's what you can do with the tools. Ninth Wonder would, would say he'd always get looked down upon uh, because he was doing Fruity Loops. He, was using, he wasn't using Logic. He wasn't using Pro Tools. He wasn't using SP1200. He was using Fruity Loops. It's not, about the, it's not about the tool. It's how you use it. 
and that's why we can see that's why the artists exist today so yeah so we're gonna run out of time sorry you know, and we got a kish clash as well and i don't want to ask you about one video i've got about 10 different videos I want to we can ask we you. can breeze through them we can breeze through <laughs> no them. no let, let's let's see how it goes let's see how it goes Go um so we spoke about chip but let's speak about dj Wukid as well yes right so dj you interviewed him mm-hmm. and it, that was around a time where like uh he was getting involved in a few mixtapes including from the uk scene including for chip and it'd be interesting to hear you talk about your reflections of the uk scene over the years from that point till now dj Wukid uh, had a fair amount of interest in uk artists uh did uh, mixtape with various people as Kalashnikov as well, but UK music, UK hip hop, hasn't had like the breakthrough, stunning breakthrough moment um, back then, and all of these years, maybe until arguably now with Central C. Yeah, absolutely. I think Who Kid, the DJs. The beautiful thing about the DJs, they keep the culture going. People like yourself, you keep the culture ticking over. You need the DJ because they're part, the fundamental part of the foundation of hip hop. Who Kid's no different. Who Kid is looking for the next thing. He's looking for people to build with. Cypher Sounds did the same thing. It's it's never it's never different. Who Kid built relationships with Gigs and Chip because he recognised there was something authentic there. There was something that resonated with him. And I think with Who Kid, I just ran up on him like, "Yo, I'm going to interview you. We're doing it." He's like, "Okay, sure." And that's it. And you know, I introduced him to Dynamo. They did some tricks, and that helped Dynamo. And you know, these are beautiful things, but it. The UK has always been important to hip hop culture, from back through to the late '80s to the Cookie Crew to to where people where the Americans got their vinyls mixed and mastered. It was here. It was in Northwest London, or if it was in London, where they were pressed up and sold. The UK has a, a massive influence within hip hop culture and always has been. To them, we're the centre of Europe. You come here, you made a big hit. It's great. On the flip side, they couldn't get past the accent, and I think now with the breakthrough of streaming services, regionality used to be a massive thing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So E40, yeah. you know, yeah. we would, if you heard of E40 back here, like, how do you know about E40? That regionality was a massive thing. Souls of Mischief, those things. That's been broken down now. And now people are yeah. looking for a vibe. We so. we embrace regionality a lot more, more now. And you know, it's funny, seeing some of your old videos, as well as others as well, like in particular... You were at a record store while pitch with Souls of Misty. Yeah. And there was a bunch of UK MCs doing um, a, a cipher, right? And looking at those comments, right? And you know those comments that are kind of like a window in time? They're obviously very triggering. But <laughs> the, the, the sneeringness of people, of the UK, of UK artists, you know, it's quite sad, but it was interesting to tell the window into how people were thinking back then to how we are now. Yeah, absolutely. And I tried not to get comments uh, because it just, it depresses me. Like it's just, it's difficult. But that was again, important. And I had, I was able to do that because there was people with me. There was people with me who wanted to go on the journey with me. I can't get souls of mischief if the management are not going, yeah, we want to do this. I don't have that unless, you know, we're all in this together. So snips, DJ snips. That's why he was there. Yeah. Yeah. I had him because I was like, I want him. You know, Hooli, Braids, I want. I wanted certain people there because, and if without them, that's not possible. It's just not possible. So it's not me doing it, it's us doing it as a collective. Yeah. And it, I'm very proud of that and I want to do more of that. It's just back then, you know, as much as I have good relationship with a lot of rappers from the UK, sometimes it's difficult managing egos and all that, you know. I, I had, for example, from G-Unit in the States, they were going to sign off on a UK remix of Beamer, Benz and Bentley. All I had to do was get the artist and 
I ran into problems. And I was just like, ah, you could do something here. But the vision wasn't there. I, 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 I flew the flag for UK artists over there and had a bunch of arguments with a lot of the US acts there. But sometimes people see the vision. Who kids saw the vision? Young Guru saw the vision. There are people who see the vision. And those are the people you want to connect with because they are the gateway to, to that culture over there and, and elsewhere. Next up on my list, Nardwa. You interviewed Nardwa. Tell us about that. I ran up on him at South by Southwest. So I, big fan, obviously, Nardwa, uh, incredible journalist. I know he poses off. He's not like that off camera. He's super nice. He's super chill. Um, I was at South by Southwest, which I used to go to regularly back in the day. Um, I saw him, told him how, I told him like, hey man, I'm a big fan. And then I was like, I want to interview. He's like, yeah, sure. And I, saw, I knew he was powering me off. I knew it. I knew it. I said, look, I'm for, I'm for real. A couple of days later, I see him again in this kind of convention center. If everyone's been to South by Southwest, when you pick up your badges, there's a massive convention center. And I saw him there again. I literally grabbed his arm and said, we're doing this right now, right now. And he couldn't do nothing because I strong-armed him, essentially. And we did it right there on the spot. That was all freestyle, no written, off the top of the dome. I did an interview. It so came could, across natural, I have to say. I just, it was, it was a bucket list. I needed to interview Nardwa. That was it. That was, in that moment, that was my focus. Whether it was a good interview or bad interview, I didn't care. I needed to get Nardwa. He gave me his card. I said, I hook. He was looking for Who Kid, actually. Funny enough. Funny enough, you've connected the dots. He was looking for DJ Who Kid. And I, con- I sent, I connected that. I don't know if that ever happened, but I sent emails to kind of go, Nardwa, Who Kid, do your thing. Go off and do whatever you want. But Nardwa was super chill. So I want to say something about Nardwa as well. Um, he's still very active. Still watched quite a few of his interviews. Last year, he did an interview with J. Cole. That would be his second one. They were chatting away. J. Cole spoke about how he had a lot of love for Nardwa and how he really loved his interview. And this is what he said. He loved his interview with Kurt Cobain, right? Now, I, I thought J. Cole made an ever, you know. Kurt Cobain's not alive and all of that stuff. Like, so, you know, he doesn't know much about rock music and all of that. And this is, that's it. And then afterwards, like, later on in the, in the uh, video of interview, he mentioned it again, right? So, I was just a bit curious. I, I'm sure J. Cole made a mi- mistake, okay? I went on to uh, YouTube just to sort of, like, do a little uh, research. And lo and behold... There was a video of Nardwa interviewing Kurt Cobain back in the early 90s, 1991-92, something like that. Mad. So what it was was um, Courtney Love, right? Uh, he, he, he kind of uh, got introduced to Courtney Love. Courtney Love lo- loved his vibe back then and had a VHS camera, can you believe, all wow. of those times. Brought him along backstage to one of their concerts in America. And... You could, it's really telling to see the interview and I say this for a particular reason basically like um, he was interviewing Nardo had his usual character interviewing Kurt Cobain and the band backstage they weren't really very sort of engaged with him and you know like I think they were probably tired but they were just sort of mocking him almost like quite if I was Nardwa, you know, I, I'd be quite upset with the way they had treated me back then. And it was actually all captured. It was, they weren't really engaged. Like, they almost didn't want to be there. You could tell, sense that vibe. But Nardwa just persevered and persevered and persevered. And, like, even with the VHS camera, like, they were kind of like, it kind of got broke up when they threw some sort of, like, drink or something at it. But they were still recording the audio. He persevered, persevered, and even signed off with the end. The do 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 And... I was just thinking, 
damn. And then, you know, he caught that video. To think that that would go down in infamy and history. For him to upload onto YouTube so many... He wouldn't have even known what YouTube... It would have existed back then. Ambition. Just like yourself. Just pure ambition. (laughs) I don't don't know. I think I'm driven. But I think there are people out there with much more ambition and talent than I, I have. I think my job is just to facilitate. Um, much like a much like an A&R like someone like Reef a, a great A&R or Lenny S is to facilitate that's that's my job I think Nardwa's incredible an incredible journalist that's why I call him a journalist he's not um, a personality although he carries himself like that for me he's a journalist because he does the due diligence I think it's important but I appreciate the words but I think you know people like yourself look I mean this you know you're very ambitious when I met you you weren't a DJ you may have been you may have been dabbling in it but you're a fully fledged hip-hop dj a staple of the community in the uk and someone who's flying the flag people like yourself are the we you like i said earlier you make it go round like the culture goes around because of the djs and people like yourself and, and if we don't have that we lose it it's an ecosystem i remember i said this to you off air that we need everyone in the ecosystem people like yourself platforms like hfm we need that in the ecosystem. You take something out in the ecosystem of the forest, stuff goes haywire. And it's the same thing here. So I can throw it back to you. And, I, and you know, it's about talent. It's about the output. And it's about what we're trying to do. That's the most important thing. Thank you very much for the words. And I'll get a shout out of you from afterwards as well. Sure. Who else? Um, Young Guru. Talk to us about the infamous interviews that you did with Young Guru, who isn't actually necessarily a household name, but someone who's been involved in some major parts of hip-hop over the years. Yes. Um, Young Guru is the Jay-Z of engineering. That's the best way I can say it. And that's a pun, double entendre, triple entendre. You can take it as it, as it were. And I told him that. You're the Jay-Z, you're the J of engineering, bro. Like, that's it. And um, that's family. Essentially, that's family. And, and that's crazy because I remember watching Fader Black going, who's that guy? That guy, I, I, I like that guy. That guy's got something to say. And, and it turns out it's Young Guru is the engineer. And essentially, my... My relationship with Guru really started at South by Southwest. I was at Fader Fort, which uh, Fader, which is a magazine, they had like a festival stage. I was with two guys from Vibe. I couldn't get into the Fader Fort because I didn't have the passes, so they snuck me in. I see Static Selector, who I'd just interviewed weeks before in, in England, with Guru. So I said, yo, Static. And he was like, hey, man. He remembered me somehow. Took a picture of those two. And I was like, yo. And I'm in hustle mode, always in hustle mode. I need an interview with Guru. How do I do that? So I said to the guys next to me, it was um, John Kennedy, who was the editor at Vibe at the time, and Mikey Fresh used to be um, part of Misinfo, who was working at Vibe at the time. Mikey Fresh is a brethren from Blog Era. So what do I do? And I said, like, I'm just going to go up to him. So I went up to Guru and I said, can I interview? He's like, yeah, sure. So we do an interview. I get an exclusive about Blueprint 3. So I come back, do the interview, and I, in that interview I said, if you ever come to London, here's my card, I got you. He came to London, and I got him. And that's how it started. That's all it was. He messaged me when he was out here. I took care of him. We had fun. And that's my guy. But the interesting thing was, when I did that, and I got the exclusive, I told the guys, the Vibe guys, and I said to Mikey, because he was like, "Mm, I'm not sure if you're going to go interview him. He's blessed. But remember to ask him this. Get the exclusive, and you can have that for getting me in. So I gave the Vibe the exclusive on some tracks they were doing. I was like, I'm not going to have time to put it out. You got me in this place. Go interview him and take the exclusive. And me and Guru have been 100 since since then. That was 2009. 
Excellent, excellent. I want to ask you about Charlemagne the God next. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I think that's another incredible video interview in how did you get to him to open up? And especially as someone who I'd think could be quite an awkward personality to interview, you actually got him to confess that sometimes he's a hater. Um, it's particularly about the Drake comments around that time. Yeah. So I was there to interview Angela Lee, Angela Yee. So that was um, Sirius XM. It was Yee in the morning. And I walked in. I'd, I'd messaged Angela Yee on Twitter. and okay, Hey, I'd like to interview. I'm in New York. My name's Summit, blah, 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 the usual. She said, come up to the show. We can do the interview. It turns out Charlemagne was there. I didn't know he was going to be there. And actually, this was before they became The Breakfast Club. Like two weeks later, it was announced that they were The Breakfast Club. So I interview Angela during breaks of her show. So while they're playing music, I'm doing interviews. And then they, play, they talk again and then carry on, carry on, carry on. And Charlemagne, I just went, I like this guy. Do you want to do an interview? He's like, yeah. So we just stepped out of the studio and again, freestyled, Amazing. just hustling like, I'm going to interview you. That was his first in ever interview with any UK outlet. And that was the thing I was kind of known for, like French Montana's first UK interview was with me and Charlemagne yeah. as well. So uh, That's my next question. Who were you most proud in terms of the firsts? You know, so Ooh. in terms of, um, for example, one of your great videos is when Drake came and done his first proper UK concert in the UK. Yes. You were first with quite a few things on that perspective. Yeah, I would, I would say on that level, I would say the one I'm most proud of, it's not the first, but it's Rick Ross. Rick Ross's first time in the UK. Hammersmith Apollo. I mean, Khalid, DJ Khalid was talking about it. Fat Joe, like, I, I knew, at the time I knew people within, and I still do, within Rick Ross's camp. I shot that footage and it's just, you can, it takes you back to a point where you can feel the tension in the room. There'd been kind of like, death threats on Rick Ross a lot of police a lot of security and he and the gangsters were in the building that night you could feel it in the room it was throwback to the 90s like yo this is this feels shady and I was with um, a good friend of mine Tony Spreadlove who does Spreadlove Entertainment and we went to the show and I filmed it I was like I knew when I was filming that I knew I had something classic on my hands the first thing I needed to do was get home as soon as possible to put that on the internet and the show ended in like there was a fight at the end it was it was mad that's the most I'm proud of I think the Drake one was great because it was an introduction I know that a lot of the content that I had because of the nature of the internet got to those people and to their camps and they were very proud of that but I would say the Rick Ross one was that was different because you could just you could feel it. it was smoke you could see smoke in the video people smoking weed in the video like you could see that it was a throwback to those classic like you're gonna have a great time tonight and but also there might be gunshots going off kind of thing look after yourself you have to it was it was it was mad so i would i would say that so and no blessed to be in the room to to film j cole and drake and kendrick kendrick's people ali his his engineer at the time was like come through like let's come through and film and it, it was a blessing like honestly i couldn't take that for granted it's just a blessing you were also there at DJ Premiere in May 2011 in Garage. Yes. And uh, funny enough, like the video footage that you had token, uh, I could see myself after all these years still in the front row. And I just want to say something kind of like as a bit of a tangent and including your footage of Just Blaze and Alchemist back around the same time in Brixton. 
No one was filming their, their, their concert on their phones. It was a whole different era back to, back to now, uh, which I do as well. So I'm not sure. trying to pretend to be righteous or anything like that. But isn't it strange like how, in some respects, you yourself would... You didn't have that competition because we didn't have the capability to sort of like film as what you did now. So for yourself, like if you're coming through now or a version of yourself is coming through now, much more competitive from that perspective? Yes, it is. I think people tried to do it back then. So rest in peace, Jamal Edwards, SBTV. He'd message me, go, how'd you do that? Like, wow. He would be like, yo, you got the, you got the audio quality so good. How'd you do that? And I said to him, like, this is how I did it. I got a specific camera. Back then, Grime Daily, SBTV, LinkUp TV, everyone had the Canon 5D. That was the go-to filming uh, equipment. I had a Panasonic Lumix camera. Why? Two reasons. The audio wouldn't distort. With the Canon 5D, it would distort. The internal camera would distort. But the Panasonic didn't. And number two, the Panasonics had a Leica Lens. Leica is an incredible camera company. Built cameras for hundreds of years. The quality of the camera is so sharp and the lens is so sharp. That's what I used. The camera I'm talking about would fit in your pocket. That's what I used to film when I went to HD. That's what I used to film. Everyone used to carry these massive, big, like you couldn't, you had to fit it in the bag. I was carrying something I fit in my pocket for those two reasons. And I said to Jamal, I was like, that's how I did it. Like, it's a audio quality because when, they, when other people used to film it would distort so I had that step in the game to kind of go I did my research to go what would be the best thing for what I was doing so they just like let's submit do it I've got so much to ask you we're going to run out of time and we've got to do a kish clash as well yes, yes sorry. Right? I'm sorry I talked a lot I apologise I need to ask you about uh, it's all good uh, we're all loving listening to what you've got to say I also want to ask you about Dynamo and Raycon I'll do that in a little bit yeah I want to ask you because it fits in nicely to all of the stuff you've done. You basically have such a great legacy. Absolutely. I appreciate All it. of these artists that you've uh, interviewed when they were co- on their come up, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Do you reckon that you were underrated or undervalued in the terms of like what you did? That is a really good question. I, I think if I'm looking back at it back then, I would have thought so. Because I had the ego, right? As much as I'm serving the culture, I wanted a... It was a glass ceiling, right? So I hit a glass ceiling. The, the idea for me, and it still may come to fruition, but it might come a different way. The idea back then was blog, relationships, builders relationships, create label, sign artists to that label, work with US artists and help someone, I guess, blow up or nurture an artist through right so that was the game plan i hit the ceiling with the blogging after that i couldn't go any further i was in talks of being the editor of mtv wrap-up mtv wrap-up used to have mtv you know not far from you know in in camden i think they were back then um they had a kind of blog site they were talking about me being the editor but they thought that I was... The feedback I got was they thought I was too big as a person, as a personality, that they thought it would take away from the essence of what we're doing. Which I said to them, no, but okay, fine, it is what it is. I was mad. I was mad. Back then. Now, it's not your time. Everyone's time is for everyone's time. Right? And ultimately, 
you've just got to let you've you've got to get out of people's way when you can see someone coming through or someone more talented. Go let them get get out of their way, help them, and some for some and and in some ways not to go into certain tangent because we're running out of time, but UK hip hop suffered from that same thing. The acts, the talent, we got in each other's way, and that needed to not happen. And it's ego, it's I, you know, it's that number one spot that we're, which is kind of cultivated and, and nurtured within hip hop. Like there's only one person. It's not. It could be many. So back then I was hurt because I wanted to do something because I thought I want to make something big. I want I want to make this massive. But it's not my time. You just got to let that happen and go. Nah, find your position. Not everyone can be Messi. If you're a football fan, not everyone can be Lionel Messi. Sometimes you got to be Sergio Busquets, and that's okay. Play your position. Thank you so much for your insights, Sumit. Well, let me get into a tune and the next up straight into the Kish Clash. Kishmeister, loving the chat with Hip Hop Chronicle Summit on HFM Beats Thirty. Doing it how I do it, when I do it, best believe I'll be doing it. Way big. 
We greet our guests at the door with champagne and cigars that read. We're doing it way big. Chrome on the doors, stone on the floors, 14 karat gold, paint on the walls. We swim in pools with marble waterfalls. <laughs> ball, baby, I don't ball at all. My bathroom is Chanel, my bedroom Louis Vuitton, and office decorated in Ralph Lauren. I got a Versace couch and pillows I sleep on with the matching robe and slippers. I beg to differ. La Perla lingerie, cause it fits my body. Get with us, we know how to throw a party. And you can't get in without a Queen Bee members only jacket that reads. Doing it way big. Anything we do, we do it big. Kishmeister interviewing Hip Hop Chronicle live and direct this Sunday afternoon. Right, we're going to get into the Kish class straight away, where Summit has provided me with three tracks to play that you want to speak about, and I've got three better tracks to play back in response. <laughs> so, uh, the first track, I'll let you introduce this. So, the, the track I chose, look, it's a sound clash, right? And I tried to find songs that were hype and, you know, in the, in the interest of, of sound clashes. But I thought, I also wanted to put some favourite stuff because I could talk about the artist, right? So this first track is from The Blueprint. It's produced by one of the best producers of all time, Just Blaze. It's Jay-Z, You Don't Know. You can sell water to a well. It's got, it's got everything you need in this song. Plus, we've done the Blueprint documentary, so I understand a bit more about the process behind making this song, and I appreciate it more. But yeah, Jay-Z, You Don't Know is an incredible song to to kick off a sound clash so before I play this right I'm going to show you so I was in New York mm. um, over the summer I went to the Jay-Z exhibition in Brooklyn Museum and I'm going to show you a photo so obviously this doesn't make great radio but I'm going to show you a photo I'm, I'm, listen I'm, firstly I am absolutely jealous as hell I actually try to speak to my wife and go look can I just go for like two days she's like how much are you going to spend like a lot of money because you know Flights, accommodations, you know, I know, you know, I don't want to just, I don't want to just, I don't want to sleep nice, <laughs> right? I need a nice bed, I need my space. Yeah, I'm like, I'm jealous <laughs> of you, man. I'm jealous. So, yeah, it was at the Brooklyn Museum. Um, they had a mock up of baseline recording studios. And it is, you know, it's lots of nostalgia. There was a video room as well, so like a, almost like a semi immersive experience too. And in the side by the library area, they had like uh, lots of XSL cover, magazine covers as well. So I'm going to show you one picture right now that okay. I want you to comment on. Yeah, Okay. go on. So I'm going to sh- pass my mobile phone over to Sumit. Go on, let's have a look at this. Oh, this is the classic, the classic... Break it down, break it down. All right, so this is the classic double XL. I'm pretty sure Elliot Wilson did this one. Um, this is the classic double XL, Ja Rule, Jay-Z, DMX, where Irv Gotti was trying to make them kind of the murder ink. They didn't do any songs. They did songs together, but not officially as a group. This is a classic, classic magazine. My Lord. Oh, I mean, it would have been incredible for them to have done that. I know probably the reasons why it didn't happen, but Ja Rule, Jay-Z and X as a group, as a super group, would have been absolutely incredible. And I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, it's funny you should say that, that. That was a 1999 clip, according to the date. Okay. Now... Obviously, like that was before the time when Jay, Ja Rule, I should say, 
had credibility. Yeah. And um, after a few, two, I think two, three years later, or shot to pieces with uh, what happened in 50 Cent and everything ever since. I just find it incredible, though, that uh, there was one point where Jay-Z, DMX, Javel were all together. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, they've done songs similar. I think there was a Mike Geronimo. Mike Geronimo had um, Time to Build with Jay and X, where they're going at each other on Mike Geronimo's first album. Um, and obviously with Irv Gotti being so close to Jay-Z from early days, from being his DJ on the road with Kane, it made sense for him to try to bring his new artist, Ja Rule, and you know, someone he has an existing relationship with X to bring them together. I think it would have been incredible. I think I think it would have been absolutely incredible because Ja Rule gets a lot of flack, but his al- some of his albums are really good, but he gets a lot of flack because his credibility was shot. And credibility in rap music means everything. You have to have to co-sign. You can't lose that. But he made some good albums. Um, but, yeah, that would have been tough. It would have been tough. But, you know, X and J are master MCs. Like. All right, let's get into that Jay-Z track, You Don't Know. Turn my music high. From the streets with a hood to swallow on me, bullets to follow on me. There's so much coke that you can run the slalom. The cops comb this shit top to bottom. They say that we are prone to violence, but it's home sweet home. With personalities clashing, chrome meets chrome. The coke prices up and down like this Wall Street home. But this is worse than the Dow Jones. Your brains are now blown all over that brown brome. One slip, you are now gone. Welcome to hell where you are. Welcome to sell. But when the shells come, you better return them. All scars, we earn them. All cars, we learn them like the back of our hand. We watch for cops hopping out the back of van. Wear a G on my chest, I don't need that for damn. This ain't a sold outfit, Holmes Holmes is about it. Was clapping them flamers before I became famous. For playing me, y'all shall forever remain nameless. I am home. Sure I do. I tell you the difference between me and them. They trying to get they ones, I'm trying to get them M's. One million, two million, three million, four. In just five years, 40 million more. You are now looking at the 40 million boy. I'm raping Def Jam till I'm the 100 million man. R-O-C. I swear you're wrong. I came into this motherfucker 100 grand strong. Nine to be exact from grinding cheap packs. Put this shit in motion, ain't no rewinding me back. Could make 40 over brick, but one rhyme could beat that. And if somebody would have told him that hoe would sell clothing... Not in this lifetime, wasn't in my right mind. That's another difference that's between me and them. <laughs> I smarten up, open the market up. One million, two million, three million, four. In 18 months, 80 million more. Now add that number up with the one I said before. You are now looking at one smart black boy. Mama ain't raised no fool. Put me anywhere on God's green earth. I triple my worth, motherfucker. I will not. Loose. Put something on it. I sell ice in the winter. I sell fire in hell. I am a hustler, baby. I sell water to a well. I was born to get cake. Move on and switch states. Cap the coop with the roof gone and switch plates. Was born to dictate. Never follow orders, dick face. Get your shit straight. Fuck all this is Big J. Ah. 
will not lose ever. Fuck up. Hip Hop Chronicle, absolutely loving Jay Z. Um, I take it Jay Z is one of your greatest of all time. He is the greatest of all time. All right. He is the great. They're, they're, like we can debate for days, and we can debate for whatever. He's the greatest of all time, ever. So my track and response, I have gone for the blatantly obvious cheesy comeback. Okay, I, I think you know. I think you know. And I, I'm just gonna play. It. I'm just gonna. <laughs> play it. For all y'all enjoyment, a song y'all can step with. Y'all appointed me to bring rap justice, but I ain't 5 y'all know it's Nas, yo. Great goose and a whole lot of hydro. Only describe us as soldier survivors. Stay laced in the best, well-dressed with finesse in the white tee, looking for white meat. The girl who fly and talk so nicely. Put her in the coupe so she can feel the nice breeze. We can drive through the city, no doubt, but don't say my car's topless. Say the titties is out. Newness, here's the anthem. Put your hand up that you shoot with, count your loot with. Push the pool stick in your new crib, same hand that you hook with. Swing around like you stupid. King of the town, yeah, I've been that. You know I click clack, where you and your men's at? Through the smurf, through the wop, baseball bat. Rooftop like we bring an 88 back. They shooting. Oh, I made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, playboy, your time's up. Where them gangsters, where them dimes at? They shooting. I made you look, you a slave to a page in my rhyme book Getting big money, playboy, your time's up Where them gangsters at, where them dimes at This ain't rapping, this is street hop Now get up off your ass like your seat's hot My live niggas lit up the reefer Trunk in the car, we got the street sweeper Don't start none, won't be none No reason for your mans to panic You don't wanna see no ambulances Knock a pimp's drink down in this pimp cup That's the way you get Timberland up let the music diffuse all attention. Ball of convention, free admission. Hustlers, dealers, and killers can move swift. Girls get close, you can feel where the tools kept. All my just coming homies, parolees. Get money, leave the beef alone slowly. Get out my face, you people so phony. Pull out my waist, the eagle foe phony. They shootin'. Oh, I made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, playboy, your time's up. Where them gangsters, where them dimes at? They shooting. Oh, I made you look. You a slave to a page in my rhyme book. Getting big money, playboy, your time's up. Where them gangsters at? Where them dimes at? Yo, my mood is real rude. I lay you out, show you what still do. My 
lobsters Don't box my pump shot of blotches Every invitation to fight your punk asses Like Punch said, you ain't even in me class up Made batch bins, backseat TV plasma Ladies looking for athletes or rappers Whatever you choose, whatever you do Make sure he a thug and intelligent too Like a real thoroughbred is Show me love, let me feel how the head is Females who's the sexiest Is always the nastiest And I like a little sassiness A lot of class, mommy reaching your back Past the fifth, I'm a leader at last This a Don you wit, my nines a spit Niggas lose consciousness Kishmeister with my last track and come back to Summit's Jay-Z. That, that wins. Your, your track wins. Uh, oh, it does it? If not. this is a versus, <laughs> if this is a versus, that would... No, Major Look is an incredible anthem. Like, that wins all hands down. I just like You Don't Know, but Major Look is... If I need to get hyped for an interview, I'm listening to Major Look. <laughs> well, that's all good. Well, I, I, I didn't know anything else, you know. Like, I, I want that, man. Um... <laughs> Let's. Uh, you spoke so much about Jay Z while the Microsoft sort of affair. Uh, I actually want you to repeat it all, but let, let's not go down that. No, what it is? I don't we go out. Do we need to do this again. Yeah, I don't go out much, and so when I speak <laughs> to like-minded um, hip hop heads, people who know the music better than I do, I just it all just comes out. I just get so excited because it's it's the culture that binds no, us no. together. No, absolutely, it's all good. It's all good. But let's get into the second track, right? I, I'm really loving the fact that you chose this track. Um, especially as I studied this at uh, college as well. Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right, so I'll, I'll introduce it. And um, the only reason I put this in was to simply just say that Most Def is one of the greatest MCs ever to grace planet Earth. Yasin Bey, as he's known as now. And I just wanted to sneak in a primo produced track um, from the undeniable classic Black on Both Sides. An incredible, incredible album. And it's the song Mathematics which is so important to hip hop in its inception from you know the from from the, from the very start so most deaf mathematics dj premier Sitting, searing, and you're no longer free. 40% of 
Americans own a cell phone so they can hear everything that you say when you ain't home. I guess Michael Jackson was right. You are not alone. Rock your hard hat black as you in the terror dome. Full of hard niggas, large niggas, dice tumblers. Young teens in prison greens facing life numbers. Crack mothers, crack babies, and AIDS patients. Young bloods can't spell, but they can rock you a PlayStation. Snoo Mavis with my motherfuckers ass. You want to know how to rhyme? You better learn how to add. It's mathematics. Mighty most definitely. It's simple mathematics. Check it out. Summit. So, uh, tell us a bit about so you know, um, most F mathematics. Yeah. What is the most uh, strongest statistic that is broken down from that track for yourself? Oh, yeah, no, come on, you're gonna put me on the spot. I don't. I, 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 yeah, it's all good. No, no, I think we were just talking off air about yeah critically and an, analyzing rap music and how that it's not the thing anymore. And I think mathematics is an important song. Because it's it's a single from a classic album, but more than that, it represents what it's talking about. And there's faith, life experience, everything within that that's coming from Mo's death is in that song scored by Primo. And I think that that's important. Like there's that's some, there's something to be said for something that was created in the early two thousand ninety nine, right? That's Back right, ninety nine nine. Raucous, yeah, yeah. It's, Amazing! That's it's one of those timeless records. This is one of my favorite hip hop records of all time. Yeah, yeah it's, especially as well as like it was like a really big introduction for me to hip hop as well back then. And you did it in college. You studied the album in college. 
Oh, so so it wasn't studying the album in college. I actually studied mathematics itself. Oh, <laughs> so you're the oh okay okay so okay okay. So sorry about the confusion. You, no, no, you acknowledge yourself. That's why I, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. No, no. So um, now I, I unfortunately did maths rather than music. Yeah, unfortunately. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> right. Um, my track and response. Let me ask you. Um, yeah, I probably am putting you on the spot. Go on. But you are the chronicle. Here it goes. Do you know of any other tracks that feature numbers as part of their fundamental part of their wordplay? Does Papoose have some numbers? Numbers outside of two seven nine. Numbers. Now you now you really put them in the spot. It's it'd be something glaringly obvious, and I'm going to be like, "Damn, I knew that." I'm trying to think of Nas. No, I'm trying to think of Main Source. No. Outcast. No. Hmm. Go on. Well, I thought you were going to say Biggie Ten Crack Commandments. Oh my! See, this is what I'm saying. This, this is yeah. what I mean. This is what I mean. Yeah. This is what I mean. Yeah. It's glaring me in the face. It's glaring me in the face. It's Biggie. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yeah, yeah. bigger yourself up because you mentioned Papoose, right? And that is the track that I've selected in response. Oh, there you, okay, see, there you go. Numerical Stalker. That's my track in response. You heard the legendary alphabetical slaughter. My man Papoose is back to make history again. Check it. I'm going to scream out the numbers, and he's going to break them down from one to nine. This is numerical slaughter. Yo, Pap, let's go. Let's go. One. To keep it 100, all I need is one mic. You only live once. God gave you one life. Caught one felony, committing one crime. I was on First Street, ducking from the one time. It's only one light, one king, one sun, one love. Love's gonna get you. KRS one. Two. Had to run from two cops for two blocks. It's too hot. Hand on my 22, listening to Tupac. I'm now a two-time felon, two thorough, two llamas. Had to quit my ex-girl because she was a two-timer. Two in your lower body, two in your upper. One time a lollipop, two times a sucker. Three. Plus three checks, they gon' clear in three days. You was talking about me, you ain't know they let me listen on a three-way. He had a three pound when he caught his third strike. He a three times loser. They gave him a three to life. Four. 44 Magnum, 40 caliber handgun. Sipping a 40 ounce of beer. Hey, well, you can't come. Twin 40 cows on my waist. I'm a thug. I got two 40s on me like the 40 40 club. Five, Five burrows of death. You don't understand. Don't give me a five if you ain't my man. They taking shots at Remy Machiavelli. I'm like, wow. Five shots couldn't drop her. She took it and smiled. A couple of my homeboys repped that five. They throw it up. Give you five on the black hand side. If my fam got a problem, I'm a ride. I be there like Jackie Tito, Jermaine Marlin, Michael, the Jackson Five. Six. We could build on a six guard. Six stands for equality. That's if you swift guard. Head cracks you at the dice game. I rolled the six, y'all. Fuck a 16. I could kill you with six balls. You sold your soul to the Devil, so it's hard to compete. You rep a 666, that's the mark of the beast. Seven. They say seven's a lucky number, but we've been suffering seven winners in six summers. In the sprinter with seven shooters to seven seater. Niggas is snitching, they be singing like seven streeter. Caught them slipping at the 7 Eleven and did them dirty. Try to play me, I'm crazy, baby. 730. Last night I ate on the block, made eight licks. Last customer who got on my nerves got 86. Trust me, get your food eight. Quote Papoose, messing with me and get you eight like four times two. Nah. Travel with the nine on my size is nine nine. Wide eyes, these pussy cats got nine lives. The greatest rapper died on March 9th, son. I got 99 problems and the bitch ain't one. If the G don't get you the nine, where well, I'm the king. Nines all over my shirt, Gino Green. Yo, that was crazy, Pap, from one to nine. Now go from 10 to 
in the 20. Let's go. I was attending in them tenements, had hustling tendencies. Oh. Ten niggas got me like Memphis, that's something Tennessee. Oh. 10 a.m. Oh, to 10 p.m. 10 pop. toes down. Yo, pop, pop, pop. We're going to save that for your next album. Papoose coming soon. Coming soon. So, I take So, uh, Summit, what did you think of that uh, response? I'm going to give that to you too. <laughs> I'm going to give it that to you because like that's left field, did not expect it, but also it was thoughtful enough that you had the DJ Premier produced yeah. Papoose tracks. I was like, yeah, that you win that. And I forget, <laughs> like, Pap- you forget, like, Papoose now, who's an executive at TuneCore now, which is incredible, but what a talent, like, an incredible talent Papoose is. So I give, I give you a 2 0. I'm okay with losing. I just get to listen to good music. Like, you had CNN start the show. I was like, yeah. Absolutely. Come yeah. on, man. Yeah. So like this, this is this is fire. But bigger that you actually fought Papoose when I asked you. Yeah, because yeah. my thought process was, who was lyrical enough? Who was talented enough? You think Kane might have? Because Kane talks about numbers in his music, put a quarter in his his butt, and he played himself as a good example. Rakim's another example with his verses. His verses where there are numbers involved. So yeah. So uh, let's get into the third track. Uh, please introduce this one. Okay, so the third track is UGK, International Players Anthem featuring Outkast. And the main reason for this song was the fact that we get to play UGK and an incredible verse from Andre 3000, complimented by Big Boy. Let's get into this. So, I typed a text to a girl I used to see Saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be And I apologize if this message gets you down Then I cc'd every girl that I'd cc round town And hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling It's all around me true, but I'm no island Peninsula maybe, makes no sense, I know crazy Give up all this cat that's in my lap, no looking back Spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors They dip as quick as they can The atmosphere is now ripped I'm so like a I'm glad it's night So the light from the sun Would not burn me on my bum When I shoot the moon High jump the broom Like a preemie out the womb My partner yelling too soon Don't do it Reconsider Read some litter You sure on the subject You sure You know we got your back like chiropractic If that do you dirty We'll watch her that's in detergent. Now hurry, hurry, go on to the altar. I know you ain't a p- but remember what I taught you. Keep your heart three stacks. Keep your heart, hey, keep your heart three stacks. Keep your heart, man. These girls are smart. Three stacks, these girls are smart. Play your part, play your part. The choose it, lover, never without a but never in the seats like it on top of the cover. Money on the dresser, drive a compressor, top notch. Get the most, not the lesser. Trash like the forty dollars in the club. It up the game, it gets no love. She be cross country, giving all that she got. A thousand a pop, I'm pulling billions off the lot. I smashed up the gray one, bought me a red. Every time we hit the parking lot, we turn head. Some wanna choose, but them is too scary. You chose me, you ain't a, you a fairy.
will keep that chiller on the rack. What I look like with some thousand dollars for my back. I'm a million dollar man. They need a billion dollar. Put my in your life. Watch your daddy get rich. Easy as ABC. Simple as one, two, three. Get down with you, GK. Pipsy be you with me. Cause what's up with no. And what's up with no. Don't be a lame. You know the game and how it goes. We try to get chose. Decisions with precision, I pick or make my selection on who I choose to be with. Girl, don't touch my protection. I know you won't let to slip, but slipping is something I don't do. Tipping for life. That's like making it rain every month on schedule. Let me tell you, get your parasol umbrella, cause it's gonna get better. Prepare you for the C support. She's supposed to spend it on that baby, but we see she does. Ass, ass, Paul McCartney. The lawyers couldn't stop this. Slaughter, slaughter of them pockets had to tie to a rock. rock. Send her into outer space. I know he wish she could, cause he paying 20K a day. That is eating good. Like an infant on a double titty, just getting drunk. Cause you miscalculated the next to the, the last pump. Dump, dump in the gut. From the giddy up, better choose the right one or pick pick the kitties up. So. So this is a, it's actually a very culturally symbolic uh, track uh, from, from, uh, even resonates all the way through to this day. Um, Tell us a bit about what you want to say. What do you want to say about this track? About um, international, but I think there's, so firstly, you think about the South and historically in in the States, they get overlooked. UGK doesn't often get talked about as a great duo in hip hop. Although yeah. they, are very, they are very much R.I.P. to Pimpsey, and then you've got another duo who are arguably one of the greatest duos in hip hop. Period. You could put Gangster up there. You could probably put Pete Rock and Seal Smooth up there. You could put Run D.M.C. up there. But Outkast and the output and the just how they elevated music for themselves and the verses, both Big Boy and, and Andre 2000. I think uh, it's 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 a perfect song to put out there. And I mean, to me, Andre's verse on that. Oh my. Like I see, see, like he was talking about like females and what he was doing. He's doing his dirt, and you know he's seen this girl, but he cc'd others in town. Like that's an incredible metaphor. Although I don't agree with the sentiment, I'm not saying he did that, but you know it's just the idea of putting that together. The art that Outcasts have made still lives on to this day, and I just think that's so important. And we should really, really, no matter how we get on in our lives and how many years it's been since Outcasts put an album together. We should really laud them as, as one of the greats. We are much richer for Outkast and what they did, carving their own. I, I call it a USP because, that, although that sounds more in business-like and industrial, but no, it is true. It's true. I think that's the best. I think that's the best way to put it. They carved out their USP to the world, and they should. We should never forget them. We should hold them up very, very high. So, you've won this basically because <laughs> I, I struggled to think of a track in response. I kind of came from it from the perspective of I feel most DJs they play this at the end of a club night 
Okay. It's kind of like that track to wind down at the end, especially when because it doesn't have the same energy as say like when you're playing Rick Ross in the middle. Sure. As an example. So I was thinking about another track uh, what, that that represented that sort of like wind down end of the night kind of vibe. I had two here. I I didn't know what to, what to go for. One of them was Tupac Dear Mama, right? Okay, good shot. But good shout. I'm gonna go for something else. I'm gonna go for Get a Boy's Mind Playing Tricks on Me. Right, that's my response. I sit alone. I sit alone in my four cornered room, staring at candles. Well, that shit is on. Let me drop some shit like this here. At night I can't sleep, I toss and turn Candlesticks in the dark, visions of bodies being burned Four walls just staring at a nigga I'm paranoid sleeping with my finger on the trigger My mother's always dressing, I ain't living right But I ain't going out without a fight See, every time my eyes close, I start sweating And blood starts coming out my nose It's somebody watching the act But I don't know who it is, so I'm watching my back I can see him when I'm deep in the covers When I awake, I don't see the motherfucker He owns a black hat like I own A black suit and a cane like my own Some might say take a chill, B But fuck that shit, there's a nigga trying to kill me I'm popping in the clip when the wind blows Every 20 seconds got me peeping out my window Investigating a joint for traps Taking my telephone for taps I'm staring at the woman on the corner It's fucked up when your mind's playing tricks on ya doing dope can't keep a steady hand because i'm nervous every sunday morning i'm in service praying for forgiveness and trying to find an exit out the business i know the lord is looking at me but yet and still it's hard for me to feel happy i often drift when i drive having fatal thoughts of suicide bang and get it over with and then i'm worry free but that's bullshit I got a little boy to look after, and if I die, then my child will be a bastard. I had a woman down with me, but to me it seemed like she was down to get me. She helped me out in this shit, but to me she was just another bitch. Now she's back with her mother. Now I'm realizing that I love her. Now I'm feeling lonely. 
My mind is playing tricks on me. This year, Halloween fell on a weekend. Me and Ghetto Boys are trick or treating. Robbing little kids for bags. Till an old man got behind our ass. So we speeded up the pace. Took a look back, and he was right before our face. He'd be in for a squabble, no doubt. So I swung and hit the nigga in his mouth. He was going down, we figured. But this wasn't no ordinary nigga. He stood about six or seven feet. Now that's the nigga I be seeing in my sleep. So we triple teamed on him. Dropping them motherfucking bees on him. The more I swung, the more blood flew. Then he disappeared and my boys disappeared too. Then I felt just like a fiend. It wasn't even close to Halloween. It was dark as fuck on the streets. My hands were all bloody for punching on the concrete. God damn, homie. My mind is playing tricks on me. Kishmeister with Beat Soviet FM. More chat with Hip Hop Chronicle Summit after this. Rhyme travel. All it takes is a vision and a name drop. Journey with me. You're gonna need a good imagination though. No passport or boarding pass needed. Terem. Early in the morning, dawning, waiting for the sun to rise. My spirit comes alive in front of my London eyes. Slumbered from one to five, and now I look beyond the view in awe of all the red and orange hues. Praying to my angel in the north because my face stalled. She said to me that when you're faced with a great wall, as if you were in China. All it takes is a mustard seed to get you up to speed I nodded yes and just agreed Meditation is a must and you know how the wooser goes You feel a quiet calm from your head and through your toes Doing the greatest Buddha pose Is how I stayed connected to the source when the router froze Before the stress of the hustle I press shuffle Have a stretch and a bubble with my iPod running the groove More keys with the four P's That's pen to paper I'm painting pictures that could be hung in the Louvre My world keeps spinning as the main plot All it takes is a vision and a name drop Been travelling for my entire life and ain't stop It shaped my worldview from the same spot So whenever I need the sun to see I close my eyes and let them come to me And I'm travel, I use my thoughts for company I have the capability to be the flyers So whenever I need to see the sights I close my eyes to feel the lows and reach the heights And rhyme travel, that's how I turn my speech to flights I know the feeling of having your back to wall. My eyes have shed the waters of Niagara Falls. Forgive me if I speak it with a sadder draw. But for the most part, I've had a ball. And I've been tempted to fold and break. But I kept going, knowing that there's no controlling fate. Servings of life and hunger for my bowling plate. I'm holding weight across the flat ridge of life and rolling straight through the golden gates. With my heart in song, it tells a story like the structure of the Parthenon. Yeah, I was bluffing with the ending, but got nothing with pretending. So I took the time to grow instead of rushing with the Kremlin's weather. Soon or not, the humor stops as you are. Soon the top of your Zuma rock. If the spark turns to see the picture literally and keep the fire high like mother freedom did for liberty my world keeps spinning as the main plot all it takes is a vision and a name drop been traveling for my entire life and ain't stop it shaped my worldview from the same spot so whenever i need the sun to see i close my
close my eyes and let them come to me and mind travel. I use my thoughts for company. I have the capability to be the flyers. So whenever I need to see the sights, I close my eyes to feel the lows and reach the heights and rhyme travel. That's how I turn my speech to flights. I have the capability to be the flyers. Be the flyers. Meister in the house with Hip Hop Chronicle Summit. So I played a track. Mm. Do you know what I played? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell us a bit about why the context behind that. So the last one you just played. That's why. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my brother Kinetic, um, someone I've known for a long time now, twelve, thirteen years. Met just doing Hip Hop Chronicle stuff, and you know we found that we had a kinship in the music and in the culture, and just. You know, analyzing and, and loving the music, new releases, new songs, classic stuff. And since then, we've kind of gone on to kind of create a company together. We do a podcast together um, and we break bread, you know, and, and we have Breaking Atoms now, which is a hip hop podcast that we have. We've got to get some episodes up. We haven't done one for a while, but that's a testament to the work we're both doing at the moment. We did a series together, the uh, narrative storytelling series on the making of two Jay Z albums. Um, and yeah, man, like, I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him. He is someone who is super creative, has a vision for himself. And he, makes, he makes good music, but he knows what he wants to do in the audio space. And, you know, he's doing great work at the moment in audio and in, in podcast production. And I'm proud of him because I've seen the, I've, you know, I've seen the journey, right? And I've seen him grow and yeah, more power. That, that, that's, we need more of our voices in those buildings now and, and, as I, and when I say in those buildings I mean the buildings that historically weren't open to us it's our stories our time and that doesn't go just for, for Chris and Kinetic as I, as I call them but it goes for everyone out there like it's our time now we can create the stories that we want to tell from the perspectives of from, from our from our side not from the, the winner side of people who don't understand our culture it's our time we can create that anyone can get a mic now create a podcast reach out do a series and have an impact on the culture. We can all do that, just like we did. And that's why I'm proud of, of, of Kinetic, because he, he's doing that as well. So let me ask you, why do you have you called your podcast Breaking Atoms? Oh, that's because... So we went back and forth on a number of names. The Anonymous Nerds. And then one day, it hit me. Just... Name Source. Breaking Atoms. And then Chris came up with the, the idea of like, what, what do we do here? What are we trying to do? You know, like we, we, we focus on the culture, but what are we trying to do collectively? He's like, yeah, we're scientists. We're like rap nerds, scientists, breaking things down. Ah, breaking atoms. And it's a nod to, to Large Pro, one of the greatest of all time. And a nod to, to Main Source. So that's why it's the Main Source Network, spelled differently. And that's why it's breaking atoms. And, and it's gone from strength to strength. And, you know, before we made the switch to being very hip-hop focused, before we were just telling stories, just like, what do we learn in the work life? And... You know, how to deal with people at work and mental health and, you know, the do's and don'ts of office life because that's what we're living. And we just didn't want to talk about rap because it was like, ah, oh, that's easy. We do that in our spare time. I was like, no, no, actually, we need to do, we need to do what's in us, what we can do off the top of the, off the top of the dome. Let's just do that. And it's been received very well. And, you know, we've, we've done well for ourselves. And, and it's, 
it's good that I'm able to do that journey with him because I know where his heart is. I know what he what he loves, and it's an opportunity to speak to our greats and and to honor them in in the way in which we should. So um, it's great that you reference uh, main source because I've got that track queued up next. Nice, <laughs> nice. But let me ask you as well, breaking atoms, right? Um, so some people, you know, when they think of breaking atoms, they think about, well, nuclear reactions and stuff. Have you had any scientists come onto your podcast and think, oh, no, I didn't know what I listened for, you know? No, no, sadly not. Sadly not. But we have had people think. So we were on Radio 2 recently um, as part of Hip Hop Celebrations, Hip Hop 50th. Um, and in the nighttime, there's a, there's, a, there's a show and part of the show. It's OJ, uh, OJ Borg, uh, who does a show, late night show on Radio 2. And part of their uh, midnight mastermind. So you have three questions. He has five minutes to Google the person or thing, and you ask questions. He's got to answer. He's got to guess who that person is. And he thought when we came on Breaking Atoms, are you guys a science podcast? Like, no, no, no. We're rap scientists. We break things down to the very last compound. So great catchphrase, by the way. Oh, that's that's all, Chris. That's Chris. That's the rapper. That's the rapper in him, uh, the lyricist in him. Um, so yeah, it's happened in real life. But I think people who know us who come on the show, they very much know it's it's very much about... They know it's the main source uh, nod to, to Large Pro. And Large Pro knows it too, whether he likes it or not. He does know that we have this series called main so- uh, Breaking Atoms. And uh, your podcast has had a huge amount of reach. Um, the chemistry between yourself and Kinetic is... Uh, that's what is the real standout, you know? Yeah, and- no, I don't like the guy. I don't like the guy. <laughs> I, hate, I, hate that. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. Which podcast have you loved the most? In terms these? of the episodes? Yeah, episodes, I, yeah. I, I mean, I always go back to this. I think there are a couple. I think um, Tracy Lee, legend Tracy Lee, second time round was great because it was a very personal... It was a personal interview. We didn't just talk about rap. We talked about what it means to be uh, living as an ethnic minority in this day and age. What to do with money. You know, trust funds and insurance and you know wills and things like that so that's really good but I go back to OC one of my favourite rappers of all time uh, Omar Creedle classic albums under his belt that changed it for us that was the moment we switched to being a hip hop podcast before that we weren't necessarily we were we dabbled in it but Omar Creedle two parts with OC it put us on the map we start, it really gave us that energy of, oh we're going to do this so I always reference that because it it was a turning point. Nice one. Which do you like better, YouTube content, blogging, or podcasting? Podcasting. Podcasting is is it? I mean, YouTube now is they do they do YouTube podcast now, which is basically a YouTube show. But they kind of put, I'd say podcasting. I wouldn't. The reason I say that is because it's what's brought me here today. So without the hip hop chronicle stuff, I couldn't do the podcasting today, and I do that better than I do the hip hop chronicle stuff. Uh, because it's now my day job to be a I guess an audio producer podcaster um, but yeah you also did a 24 hour podcast uh, to raise to raise money for the East uh, Kent Hospital Charity yeah. tell us about, a bit about that yeah that, oh wow you you went in like I wasn't expecting to talk about that today. I'll be as quick as possible um, so my daughter was born uh, prematurely three months premature under some really crazy circumstances during the during COVID during the pandemic, the height of the pandemic in in May, um, and the neonatal unit kind of saved her life, 
and I wanted to do something to give back. I feel like I'm a charitable person. Many people may not feel that way you've come across me, but I feel like I'm a charitable person. And I want to do something different, and I want to do something challenging. So I decided to stay up for a full... It was 24 hours and 5 minutes. Um, and I want to raise money for the neonatal unit in East Kent, which where I was living at the time. Um, we raised about over £1,500, and I can't believe I talked for 24 hours straight. It was amazing. Thanks to everyone who you know jumped on board. And yeah, I streamed it on YouTube. But what I didn't know was YouTube had a essentially a blocker, which is you can only record live for seven hours and you have to reset. I didn't know that at the time. So you can only see up to seven hours, but the timestamp's there, 24 hours and five minutes. And I did it. I actually do it. I really want to do another one. I actually want to do a 40-hour one. And I'm not kidding when I say that. 40 hours? I want to do 40 hours. Of, wow. of, and I, but I'll need help for that. Yeah. But I want to do that again for a charitable cause. I think it's important that we give back. Um, and the neonatal hospital were like, hey, we can use this to refurbish um, part of the ward. And it was it was incredible. So I'm really, really proud of that. That's, if anything, I'm the mo- that's the most thing I'm most proud of because I was like, I stayed up for 24 hours. Were you watching a Liverpool football match during that time as no, well? No, no. So between the hours of 12 and 5, because I couldn't find guests, the idea was to have guests on. And I couldn't find because everyone's busy, whatever, whatever, whatever. Or didn't think it was, didn't think it was possible, right? Um so between the hours of 12 and 5 o'clock in the morning, I played FIFA. So you're playing Liverpool and FIFA. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I guess, but I was playing career mode or FIFA yeah, yeah, yeah. and commenting at the same time. So I didn't stop. I didn't take a beat. The only time I took a beat was to get food from downstairs or to go to the loo. Outside of that, I was on all the time. And then like a good friend of mine, Amy Kay, she was like, I'm, I'm going to work. I can speak to you. I've just woken up. And then people helped me and like, my best friends kind of helped me for those last couple of hours because they were the toughest. The last three or four hours were the toughest. But I really wanted to do that at YouTube studios. But they weren't, for whatever reason, they went up on it. But I want to do I want to do it again for a charitable cause. I think it's just incredible. So, And am I right in thinking that uh, you're taking part in the London Podcast Festival? Yes, next Saturday. Well, that's pretty dope. Yes, next, next Saturday, me and Chris are doing a workshop uh, tickets are £7.50 it's in King's Cross London Podcast Festival 12pm uh, doors open at 11.30am and we are talking about the idea of telling stories from stories that have already been told focusing on narrative documentaries where the Jay-Z stuff even the War Report stuff that we never put out we did a we did a documentary on the War Report which isn't finished but we got stories that haven't been told for 20 years and 25 years those stories have been told to death but we were able to take nuggets out of that how that's what you'll find out at the london podcast festival with me and chris nice one nice one we only have like four or five minutes to go and before i ask you to give shouts and your credentials i have to ask you and it's really cool for me to ask you to summarize dynamo and raekwon okay oh yeah we talked about this yeah okay so you asked earlier about like content that i created that i enjoyed this is incredible because I had an interview set up with Raekwon through Cookie from Cookie Crew. Um, and at 40 minutes, I went to a networking event two, three days before that was uh, run by a guy called uh, Raj uh, Lovesoul, Raj Katecho, who's been on the show here, uh, a friend of ours. I didn't really know Raj all that well at the time, but, you know, he did his networking event, really, really good networking event. And Dynamo was there with his manager. And Dynamo was doing all these tricks. I was like, this is amazing. So I had this brainwave of an idea. I said to him and his manager, Dan, I said, yo, do you think I, 
you'd be available to come to um, East London for an interview with Raekwon? Like, hell yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to set this up. We're not going to tell Raekwon. We're gonna, I told Cookie we're going to do this. Just let her know. And so 20 minutes into the interview, or the time I had, I brought Raekwon in to do tricks, and we filmed it. Raj was, like, fronting it because I didn't want to be the camera guy, you know. I filmed it. And Raekwon and Dynamo were doing tricks. And Method Man's, uh, if no one knows about this, Method, and Method Man told me this, he does a lot of magic tricks. So we freaked out Raekwon and his team. We filmed it for 40, like, we went over time, about 40 minutes. We put our version out and it went viral. It was incredible. That yeah, moment. and that was just yeah. a brainwave going, I see this, what can I do here to add value? And that's the one thing I'd say to everyone out there who want to be a creator, is how do you add value? If you want to be in, in the music space, in hip-hop, where can you add value? How can you... It's the Maya Angelou idea of you stand on top of people's shoulders, giants. How do you add value? Not for yourself, but how do you add value for the next person? How do you open the door for the next person? And so from there, Dynamo has always looked out for me. Dan, his manager, has always looked out for me. I've never, never ever will ever say a bad word about them because they did a lot for me when they didn't have to. But the most important thing was hip-hop was able to get that moment that I was so proud of. So, yeah. Thank you very much for all of the knowledge that you dropped today. Um, we're going to have to sign out, I'm afraid. So, tell us a bit about your future ventures and where people can contact you. Yeah, I'm Hip Hop Chronicle, at Hip Hop Chronicle on Twitter and Instagram. Not on Twitter all that much, but you can reach out to me. I'm everywhere, LinkedIn, wherever. I'm not on Facebook, but I'm everywhere else, pretty much. Uh, Breaking Atoms, at Break the Atoms, that's, uh, that's our handle on Twitter and Instagram. Um, shout out to everyone listening. Shout out to you. Shout out to HFM. Really appreciate it. One love to everyone. Yeah, man. Be blessed. Be good. And more importantly, add value. This is hip-hop. This is what we're here for. One love. Hip-Hop Chronicle. Salutes to yourself and your golden legacy. You know, for all, for all the last uh, 15, 20 years now. You know, much love to all of your achievements. And thank you for coming down. Thank you. This is Kish Meister. We'll be signing out with that epic main source track. Breaking atoms, of course. Peace to HFM and Kishmeister for having me on the show. Like I said, it was an absolute honor for me, real privilege to kind of go into my history. I like, as you can hear, I like talking, right? Um, but it was really good to kind of go in my history and, you know, see someone who I've known for a long time really delve in to um, little nuggets of, of my career and, and you know that was a that was a real blessing and I don't take that for granted so I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that if you didn't you know throw some shade my way on social and speaking of social you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Break the Atoms Chris's handle is at I'm Kinetic mine's at Hip Hop Chronicle we'll be back very soon with more episodes until then peace peace